Now, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I set my alarm this morning for 5.15 a.m. Because I like to get up, and I like to get here, and I like to pray. And I normally turn to my Google Home device, that little round puck that sits on my nightstand next to my bed. And before I go to bed, I say, hey, Google, set an alarm. Set an alarm for 5.15 a.m. Your alarm is set for 5.15 a.m. You know, I wish it went on and said, have a good sleep. But it doesn't because it's insensitive. And this morning it proved it. So this morning the alarm goes off at 5.15 and I lean over to Google and I say, hey, Google. Right? What would you say to Google? Yeah, I heard someone said shut up. No, that's not. It it, it should recognize that, but but it doesn't. Right? Hey, Google, snooze. And guess what happens? It doesn't listen. And it just keeps going. Bam, 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 whatever noise it's making. Right? And so I go, hey, Google, snooze. Bam, bam, bam. Third time. I don't want to wake my wife up, but third time I got to raise my voice a little bit. Hey, Google, snooze. It just goes right back to bam, bam, through a closed door, through my living room, into my kitchen. The Google in my kitchen goes, sure, today's news. At that point, I just reached over, I grabbed that little puck that's plugged in with a USB-C power cord and just ripped it out of the wall. <laughs> Dropped it on the ground, had to step into the hallway and say, hey, Google, stop. Of which it did. And I just want you to know, I'm still offended at Google right now. <laughs> it just proves the point that we are easily offended people. People get offended at all kinds of stuff. I mean, have you noticed that today? Have you noticed that in the world we live in? People get offended at all kinds of things. They get offended at politics. I can't believe that politician did this or that group did this. Those Republicans, those Democrats, those people, those people we get offended. We get offended at social media posts. People we don't even know, right? And we're still talking about them a week later. We have no clue who they are, but we're ticked at what they wrote. We're ticked by words people use and by words they didn't use. Can you believe that person didn't actually say this? Right, we get ticked at that, we get angry at it, we get upset, we get mad, we get offended even at the church. What? Who would get offended at the simple, innocent little church? People get offended at the church. You know what's crazy in my life is that Christians are some of the most offended people I've met in my life. Some of the most. They stand in the lobbies and they gossip about what they're offended about, what they're angry about. They sit in life groups, and if you don't have a good life group leader, they take over the life group, and they start a, they're offended by something, and they're talking about it, and they're bashing something. And, you know, I just think that, look, they like to complain, Christians, me, we like to complain about something. It's almost like as if we're not a Christian if we're not against something. I just think that the real problem is this. A lot of Christians, we just don't have joy. Growing up in church, unfortunately, when I was a kid, I grew up in a church that ended up splitting People got offended at one another. And look, as I I discovered what it was later on in life, it wasn't even a sin issue. Like, I could get it if there's a sin issue in the church, but you just don't like the change that happened. And so the church literally split. Two years ago, I drove by that church. I want you to know something about that church. It's still small and insignificant in the community. It could die tomorrow and no one even know about it. That's unfortunate. But that's what happens when a fence gets into a church, right? So look, you're going to be offended. Would you just turn to the person next to you and just go, you're going to be offended, okay? Everybody's going to be offended. 
Okay, but here's the big questions. The big questions are this. Are you going to stay offended? See, that's a good question. You're going to get offended, but are you going to stay offended? How fast are you going to let the offense go? That's another good question, right? How are you going to move on? How are you going to move on from that offense? Watch this, though, with a pure heart. Right? These are all good questions. The last good question is this. What does God's word say about offense in our world and how we're supposed to live by it? And are you willing to submit yourself to what God's word says about how to, how to deal with offense? So we're all going to get offended. I've probably offended some of you. Okay, let's be real. I probably offended all of you <laughs> at one point or another, right? And if I haven't, look, here's my guarantee to you. For the rest of the month, we're going to be talking about how to live your life unoffendable. So what am I going to try to do? Somewhere in this series, I'm going to try to purposefully offend you so that you can practice not being offended and you can practice forgiving, all right? Now, I don't know when it's going to happen, and you don't know when it's going to happen, but somewhere you're going to be offended. Someone's sitting there right now offended by even what I'm wearing. It's okay. Let it go. Right? I got thick skin. I, got th- I, think, I think I have thick skin. Do you guys think you have thick skin when it comes to being offended? Okay, some of you, you don't. I'm just going to be open and honest. Right? But I think I got pretty thick skin when it comes to being offended. Until, until you do things like this. You attack my wife. You attack my family. You attack New Life Church at the Kearney campus, North Platte, Ogallala, or online. I think I'm pretty good, right? I think I got pretty good thick skin until you attack my sermon, you attack my hairdo, you attack the way I dress, the car I drive, the fact that I like to fly an airplane, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still offended at Google. So the point, the point is this. We all, including Jeff Baker, we all get offended from time to time. And this new series, though, it's going to really address a topic it really, what I want to do is I want to address something that maybe you haven't thought about. What would it be like if you lived your life unoffendable? What would your life be like? What would your life be like if you could live your life unoffendable? That's the topic. That's what we're going after. How to live your life with no offense. Unoffendable. And to do that, we have to look at Jesus. And we have to look at how did Jesus respond to life. And so, guys, that's where we're going. So to jump in and get started in week one of no offense, I want to go to James, the brother of Jesus. I want to look at what he said about the topic in James chapter 1, verse 19. He said these words. He said, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be, you must be, it's not an option. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now look, let that scripture just linger on the screen for a moment. Let me just ask you a question. How, how are you doing with that scripture? If you were to rank yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being like, wow, I don't even think it applies to my life right now. 10, man, I think I'm rocking it. How would you rank yourself? Like, how, how is this scripture being lived out in your life? Is it working in your life? Right? Many of you are going to say what is happening in our world because our world is just the opposite of the scripture. Have you noticed that? Our world isn't slow to speak. It's just the opposite. It's fast to speak. It's fact, in fact, it speaks fast, opinionated, angry, and offended before it even has all of the facts. And then maybe it starts to listen. 
But our leader, our leader Jesus, was just the opposite. He was just the opposite. In fact, he was slow to speak, actually. Very slow to get angry. And he listened a lot. How do we know that? Well, here's some, here's some statistics about Jesus from the Bible. Take, take a listen to this. Jesus was asked, okay? People came up to him, and they asked him in the Gospels 183 different questions. He was asked 183 different questions. You know how many of those he answered? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to whisper to the person next to you. How many of the 183 questions do you think Jesus answered? Whisper it to him right now. The answer, three. Did anybody even get close? All right, we have, we have a couple people in the Carney campus. I saw a couple hands at the North Platte campus. And if I'm looking really hard through the lens, I think everybody at Ogallala got it. Okay. All right. It could be a little blurry, though. I could have missed it, all right? Um, but yes, so he only answered three of those questions. And, and people think of Jesus as like the answer man, right? But he only answered three of them. But here, notice this. How many questions did Jesus ask others, though? If you say a lot, that's good. <laughs> 307 307 questions Jesus asked other people. What does this tell us about our leader? It tells us this. This guy, Jesus, he listened a lot. He listened a lot. He, he, he actually answered questions very little. He was very slow to get angry. What's our assignment? To be like him. Let's be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. But it seems like we live in a world where offense is, is in an escalated sense. In fact, in the past couple of years, it just seems like it's gone skyrocket, right? I remember, I remember a number of years ago where people used to, used to see on the news like, oh, someone got offended, someone got angry, and there was this road rage thing that took place. You remember that? I mean, the offense and the anger that's happening in our culture, in our country today, makes road rage look like a toddler's birthday party. It really does, doesn't it? Because now you've got angry mobs of people toppling over government monuments, riots in the streets, innocent people getting stabbed, beaten, and murdered because of the skin color that they have, the race that they are, the clothing that they wear, because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, some angry, offended, messed up person decided that's what was going to be taken out on them. We even have angry people out of hate attacking police officers today. Like, it's ludicrous, the world we live in. It's like anger and offense has gone to a brand new crazy level. And I just, I'm convinced that there's some people that are just angry and offended because they don't know how to live any different. And it might be some of you listening to me right now. It's like people that are angry and offended that choose to live that lifestyle has become their identity. And I don't know about you, but in this world that we live in right now, it feels like there's a lot of pressure to be opinionated about something, to take a big, hard stand no matter what it means to the opposing people. I feel like we live in a world where if you're not opinionated, you're not angry at something, you're not offended at something, then you're just soft. And it's about anything. Like, if you're not offended that the gas prices went up, you're not American. If you're not offended that Dunkin' Donut Donuts got smaller, you're not American. 
If you're not offended that the vente at Starbucks is really a tall and the tall is a small, you're not offended. You're not American. Like, we got to be offended about something. we got to take a stand on something. And we've got this pressure beating down on us. And you're on the workplace, and you're around the water cooler at work, and you're standing over the fence with a neighbor, and people are opinionated and angry and upset about something, and you're standing there, and if you don't have something, you come across as soft and disengaged. Let me just ask you today, everyone that's listening to me, how's your anger working for you today? How's it been working? How's it going for you? Is it solving problems? Is your anger solving problems? Is your offense that you're holding on to this strong opinionated stance that care less about everyone else that's on the opposite side of that opinion? Right? Is it solving problems? Is, it, is your anger bringing you more peace and more joy? Is the offense that you're holding on to, is it pointing more people toward Jesus? Is it making you more loving? Right? Is it making you look a little bit more like Jesus? How is your anger working for you? Because when we hang on to an offense, when we hang on to this anger, it sets up a, a ripple effect. The first thing you start to see is that your anger becomes a sin. And then your behavior becomes a stumbling block for other people to find Jesus. It starts positioning you in a place where you become more easily offended by all types of different things and people and places. You start to gather this emotional ammunition against the person or the thing you're offended about so that you can attack them. At some point, somewhere down the line, you don't know where, but that's why you gather ammunition. For some of you, it's affecting your physical being. And others of you, if it hasn't done that, it's definitely affecting you and it's causing many to suffer emotionally. And the end result of hanging on to offense and being bitter and being angry, you know, at things and people and situations is this, that you can never honor God when you're walking and carrying offense. You can't, it doesn't, it doesn't honor God. That area of your life is off limits now. It does not honor God. Let's go back to our key verse, James chapter 1. Let me reread 19 and then I want you to look at 20. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be what? Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Why? Why? Verse 20. Because human anger does not produce, read the last words with me, the righteousness God desires. Why do we have to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry? The reason why is because when you live your life opposite of that, it never honors the Lord. It never produces the righteousness that God's looking for in our lives. We don't get to just live our lives based on the same principles that the world lives by. Just because they're opinionated and angry and offended doesn't give you the license to be the same. God's word calls us to live just the opposite. One day Jesus was walking, walking through the streets of a community And these religious leaders, they came and they were just angry. And you could hear them. They were ticked and they were yelling at this person. And they they drugged this woman in front of Jesus. They said, Jesus, what do you think? Since we ran into you this morning, what do you think about this? Like with stones in their hands. This woman's committed adultery. We're taking her to stone her because God's word says that we can. What do you think, Jesus? He was asked one of those questions. He doesn't give the answer. 
he kneels down and he starts writing in the sand. And if you're familiar with the story, he writes in the sand and as he's writing, one by one, they drop their stones and they walk away. Then Jesus asks one of those 307 questions. Woman, where are the people that accuse you? Oh, and by the way, I am the son of God. He didn't say that, but we know he is. And I don't accuse you. Now, go and sin no more. Meaning, your sins are forgiven, but go and live a different life. The anger that was in those religious leaders, those pastors, those prophets, those evangelists, those online teachers, right? Those rabbis, those Jewish leaders. The anger that was in those guys it never was producing the righteousness that God desired. And thank the Lord that they ran into Jesus that day because they learned a lesson. Not the lesson that they wanted to hear, but a lesson they needed to hear. And just like today, thank the Lord that you've gathered at New Life Church today or you're worshiping online today. It's not maybe the message you wanted to hear, but it's the message that we need to hear. That human anger in any form, hanging on to a human offense in any form, never produces the righteousness that God desires. So what do we have to do with our offense? What do we do with our anger that we're holding right now against someone and something? What do we do with it? Drop the stone. Like as I was praying about this message today, I felt like this could be a real prophetic moment for some of you. That today, in Jesus' name, drop the stone. Let it go. Yeah, but Jeff, you don't, you don't know this person and what they did to me so long ago. Just drop the stone. It is a choice today. I think if Jesus was here, he wouldn't just be knelt down riding in the sand today. He'd be looking you in the eyes. Tears, maybe even with compassion for the pain that you still are hanging on to from the offense that you carry. But nevertheless, he would still whisper with kindness, drop the stone. Does it require humility? Yeah. Does it require forgiveness? Yes, it does. And today, right now, if you're feeling like some sense of conviction, like I need to drop a stone, it's because Jesus is here in this place right now, and he's writing on the sand of your heart. He's going, look, I love you more than that pain. I can take you farther then you can protect yourself. He's riding on the sands of your heart today. He's going, hey, give it up and let me heal you. Right? Let it go. It's not making you look strong. It's making you look stupid. Right? Whatever he's saying, he's riding it on the sand of your heart right now. What are you going to do? Are you going to get up and walk out the same? Or are you going to kneel down and humble yourself and go, okay, Jesus, I hear you. Let me walk out of here and sin no more. Let me walk out of here, drop the stone. Let me walk out of here a little lighter. Okay, that's what you do if you're dealing with it right now. How do you, in moving forward though, how are you going to deal with offense in moving forward? 
Because one of the things I know is that Satan, he loves to create a fence in your heart. And he's not backing down. He's only ratcheting it up. It's his, it's his end times plan to divide and conquer, right? Satan knows that offended people are toxic. Listen to me. Offended people, people that harbor anger in their heart are toxic people. And if it's you, you're toxic. Why? Because here's what toxic people do with their offense. They divide us, they distract us, and they discredit their own witness. Satan uses offended people to divide families, to divide friends, and to divide churches. Why does he do that? He does that because Jesus is the one who wants us to be united. So why does he divide? Because it attacks at the very heart of what Jesus desires. Jesus one day was praying to his father in John 17. And he said these words in verse 20 and 21. Lord, Father, I'm, I'm, I'm praying not only for these disciples that I'm walking on this earth with right now, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Hey, guys, that's you and me right now. That's all of us. He was praying for us. And what was he praying for us? Verse 21. I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one. That's what the heart of Jesus is. That's why Satan uses offense to divide families and friends and churches. Marriages right now are being ripped apart because reconciliation can't move beyond the anger and the offense. Friendships are being destroyed because someone took words out of context and they assumed the worst in someone else. They read the text wrong, they read the email wrong, they read the social media post wrong, and they got offended, and now they're divided, and they're no longer friends. Churches are divided as people use offense as a license just to walk away from spirituality altogether, and it's happened way too much in the last two years. People walk away from church because they say, I'm offended by that sermon. Don't do that today. Other people walk away from church because I'm offended because they didn't call me when I was sick. I'm offended because they asked for money. I'm offended because they made changes. I'm just going to tell you that when Christians are divided, then we're weak and we're ineffective. And we could shut down our doors and the community would never even know that we were gone. But when Christians are united, then we stand unstoppable. We stand unstoppable in the mission that Christ has called us to, to have healthy spiritual lives that have healthy marriages, that have healthy families, right, that have healthy life groups, that have healthy ministry, that has a healthy impact on its community. We're unstoppable when we're united. So what do we have to do? We have to determine in our heart, I will not be a divider. I won't be a divider. Meaning, I'm not going to take on an offense. I'm going to live my life unoffendable, which by the way, if that sounds impossible, it's not. It's a choice. So what do we do? We drop the stone. We go, I'm not going to be a divider. What does Satan also like to do? He likes to use offense to distract Christians from their mission. He loves this. He, he loves it. When, when you get ticked and upset at one another, Because when you're ticked and upset and offended at one another, then you're never doing what Jesus left you on this earth to do, which is to share the good news of Christ with others and to be a beacon of light for others. And there's no way you're living your life obeying the Spirit. You're not thinking of ways to invite people to church. 
right? You're not thinking of how you can be joyful in worship. No, because you're thinking about the person sitting across from you. You're thinking about the person that's coming to the next service. You're thinking about that situation, right? And you definitely aren't praying for God's blessing upon them and upon the church. No, because your offense always gets in the way. He loves to distract the Christian. He loves to distract the Christian even when the Christian gets distracted and offended with things that happen in the world. There's way too many Christians today. Hear me, guys. Way too many Christians today standing around complaining about politics more than sharing the good news of Jesus. Way too many of us. There's way too many of us ticked off at some business that we want to boycott and we're never going to buy anything from them and we want everybody to know that. So social media is filled with our anger towards this business and that person and this corporation and we're more busy telling people about what we're against than what we're for. There's way too many Christians today that are ticked off at the sin in the world. Time out, people. We live in a sin-filled world. It's not going to change. Why is it that you're more interested in talking about the sin in this world than the love of Jesus to this world? See, that's what happens when Christians, when Christians live with offense and anger in their heart. We get distracted from the mission. What do you do? Drop the stone. Because when your offense and your anger is top of mind, guess who isn't? Jesus. So have you noticed that what you're most ticked about and what you're angry about is what you talk about most? Because it's true. It's who we are. So Christians who live unoffendable lives, those Christians are more effective at loving God and loving others. Why? Because that's what's on the forefront of their heart. And what's on the forefront of your heart, you're going to be most effective at. So if you live unoffendable, then you can keep loving God and loving people on the front or the top of your mind, the top of your heart. And guess what's going to happen? You're you're going to be way more attractive, way more effective for the good news of Christ. Lastly, though, Satan uses offense in your life to discredit your witness. Look, when you're offended, when you're angry, you focus a lot of your energy and emotion on it. You, you argue about it. You're critical about it. You even become more judgmental about whatever you're angry and offended by. Eventually, you become self-centered. It all becomes about you and how it's affecting you and self-righteous and how you're better than it all. And then you just be easily become offended at all kinds of things until you're just living a life that's totally ticked at the world and Google. And people around you, people around you, they see it. People around you, they sense it. They sense your anger and your frustration at your offense. They sense it. They see it. People at your work, people, at your, people who live in your home, by the way, people who got coffee next to you this last week, people who ate at the restaurant across from you, they, they all heard it. And here's what happened to your witness. Your witness for Christ is shot. Shot. At least with those people. Now there's 8 billion people on this planet. So what do you do? You repent, you pick up the pieces, and you keep moving forward. Right? Because maybe if you find those people and they go, man, you're a really ticked off, angry person. Hey, forgive me. I'm sorry. That's not who I want to be. I'm changing my life. See, Satan loves, he loves to use offense to discredit your witness. Why? Because look, if he can't get you to abandon your faith in Christ, he wants you to live a life 
that is so spiritually sterile that you could never spiritually reproduce yourself. And he uses anger and offense to sterilize the love and the passion of Christ that lives in you. And he discredits your witness until your witness is shot. So what do we do? Well, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27 gives us the key. And it says this. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. So basically it's this. If you're thinking that I'm going to bring you some doctorate level, like, truth from God's word that's going to be this secret weapon that's just going to unlock offense and anger. You're wrong today. We're going back to the basics today. Here's the basics. Here's what God's word says. Hey, Christian, live your life this way. Live it undefendable. How do you do that, God? He says to you, don't let the day end with offense in your heart. Yep, that's it. Don't let the day end with offense in your heart. Own it. Take action on it. Do something about it. Step up. Step out. I mean, look, this one principle has maintained healthy marriages all across America. When I offend my wife, deal with it before the sun goes down. Husbands, how many of you never, you didn't deal with it and you woke up the next day and things weren't like what you thought they were going to be? It wasn't like this magical reset button got hit in the middle of the night. No, your wife still woke up and she was still ticked. And rightly so. You gotta deal with it, right? So if it, if it helps maintain, it's one of the key components of maintaining healthy marriage. It's one of the key components of, of helping you maintain a spiritually healthy life. Are you still with me? Okay, so look, bottom line, you're going to get offended. Don't end the day offended. Let the day of your offense be the day of your healing. How about that? Let the day of your offense be the day of your healing. So let me just break it down one more layer of simplicity. Right? If you're the offender, if you're the one who offended someone else, can we just go back to grade school teaching for a second? If you're the one who offended someone else, because I think sometimes that's like the real truth and then we just kind of warped the truth as we kept going up the chain, can we just go back to the beginnings? Like, if you're the offender, just say sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. It's a lot easier than you think. <laughs> you make it so complicated up here. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. What if you're the one that's offended and that person's never going to come to you? Then what do you do? You forgive them. You drop the stone. How do you drop the stone? One of the ways I found in dropping the stones and praying a prayer of forgiveness to let an offense go when the person's not there and we can't reconcile here on this earth is to pray for God to bless them. It's a lesson I learned a long time ago. It's a lesson I learned right here at the Carney campus, right in our auditorium, right? To pray a prayer of blessing for them. I'm telling you right now, it's hard to hang on to the stone that you want to kill them with when you're blessing them. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's hard. It's hard to hang on to that beast, right? And then you got to let it go. Now, here's what I've discovered. 
Okay, when reconciliation can't take place and you're trying to be the one that forgives and you're trying to bless them and you're trying to let it go, it's amazing how you did that on Tuesday and then on Thursday you got the stone back in your hand. And the stone's back in your hand. And you may even have two stones now. Like you found one along the way and you're like, I'm not going to use it on that person, I'm using it on this person. Two of them, double barrel. So what do you have to do? You have to go back and forgive. And as often as you want to pick up the stone, you go back and you forgive and you pray a prayer blessing. Because as you're blessing them, the stones drop out of your hands. You let it go and you move on. That might take you a week. It might take you 30 days. It might take you a year. But I guarantee you, you practice what I just told you. And sooner or later, that stone never finds its way back into your hand. So being offended, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Living offended, it's a choice. So what are you going to do with it today? Huh? How are you going to respond today? Because we're getting ready to respond at all of our campuses. What are you going to do? Are you going to drop the stones? Maybe you want to find your way to the altar, because the altar is for the hungry. The hungry people that say, God, I, I just, I'm hungry for your truth to be lived out of my life. Maybe you want to come to the altar and you want to drop the stone there. It's an emotional stone, right? It's not like something you got in your purse or something you got in your back pocket, guys. Right? It's, it's emotion. It's in the heart. Like, you, know, you want to come. Maybe there's some, maybe there, you've been offended in your past and you've been hanging on to this and you need to still let it go. I would encourage you during our worship time just to give it to the Lord and start praying a prayer blessing for them and let the stone go. Leave it here and walk out of here. You might pick it up a couple of days from now, but at least drop it here. Let's start the habit now, okay? Because that's what God has called us to live. He's called us to be slow to speak. Okay, quick to listen, slow to get angry. He's asked us, look, here's how I, want, here I want you to live your life. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Church, let's not let the sun go down one more day on our offense or our anger. Let's live a biblical life and respond to the Lord. Let's drop the stones. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Jesus, you are a perfect, beautiful example for us to follow. Many times it feels daunting and like impossible to do it, but nevertheless, you were the perfect example and you, you taught us, you taught us how to live our lives unoffended. Even while you were on the cross, you said, Father, forgive them. As you're breathing your last breath and blood's coming out of your body, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. You're not even offended when you're dying on the cross and you're put there as a criminal and you did nothing wrong. Lord, may we have that same heart. Would you, would you put that same kind of heart of forgiveness in us? And Lord, would you give us that strength to let go of the stone? It's not about us defending ourselves or us protecting ourselves from something in the future. It's about us dropping the stone and turning our dependency to you, Lord. Turn it to you. Let you have your will and let you have your way in our life. So Jesus, heal the offense today. Heal the anger today, Lord. Heal it. And may we truly be beacons of light untarnished by the offense and the anger that Satan wants to distract us with. Let freedom ring in this house and freedom ring in the hearts of your people today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen.